What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. Hey, what's up? This is your boy, Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. This is the RB Podcast TD. Drop that track. Never gets old. Welcome to the R&B Podcast. We got Nate on Nate Cam out in Arizona. It's What's hot rocking, out there, brother? man. What's going yeah. on? I'm you real Mike Rob. Throwback. I'm rocking the throwback. Like, I see. Oh, fabulous. I hey, see, I'm Nate Burleson. I'm on Nate Cam. This is the R&B Podcast. And we got a fire show for y'all. We got my man, Rat Gatlin. I'm not even going to say Rand is one of the best. And not because he's my man. He is the best NFL oh, insider in the game. That's my guy. So, of course, we got Rand Gatlin. We got my man, Mike Rob. We talking free agency. We call, talking Colin Kaepernick. We got a new segment called Or Naw. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or nah. what, it, what else am I missing? Yeah, it's going to be dope, man. Hey, hey, TD, before we get started, tell people what they need to do. All right, guys, what you need to do, if you're one of those people who are not a fan of the crying Jordan meme, <laughs> well, you, need, you need to be a fan of that because that's never going away. Ever. That's what you need to do. Get on board. <laughs> but what you really need to do is subscribe to R&B Podcast. Yes. Support the show, guys. I mean, we got a lot of love on Twitter, but show us with the numbers. Show us with the comments or subscri- subscription numbers. Comment on YouTube. All of that. We really, we really do need that support. We're not it's just saying movement. it. It's a movement, man. Come hey, on, Nate. We're is, trying to get the show, movement. man. Hey, listen. We got to get this show popping. I'm going to say this because TD ain't really tell me what this R&B podcast is like. But I'll say this is like your favorite sports podcast beat above the rim. Oh, above the rim. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah favorite yeah. sports yeah. Okay, me too. I'm and digging I'm burning. that. I'm burning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm digging that. I'm digging that. Well, uh, we got Rand in the building today. Rand, appreciate y'all having on? me. Appreciate you coming on. As Nate uh, did the introduction, man, you you the best in the biz, bro. You appreciate your you thing, guys. man. Talk to us about some of the scoops, man, that you, you you've gotten in free agency. To, to uh, you know, how do you do it, man? Like, who do you talk to? I mean, you ain't got to yeah. give us everything. Yeah. But uh, how do you do your how do you do your job? How do you do your business? Yeah, so it's uh it's it's a real competitive business. It's a small space, and there are only so many sources you know yeah. for you to cultivate because it's a small ish business. But if you think there's a world of probably I don't know five to six thousand people that have access to information or that matter in our space, and you got to figure out which of them has the most information. Ultimately, uh, you know, 
information comes from human beings. So yeah. you've got to develop trust. So that's the bedrock. But, you know, in terms of the, the stories that we got out during uh, uh, free agency, which was great, you know, obviously for the for the network, and, and I was proud to, to be involved in it. Uh, broke uh, Brock Osweiler was going to the Houston yeah. Texans. Nobody really saw that one coming. It was really interesting. As I was tracking it, you know, you don't just kind of – the news doesn't show up on your doorstep the morning of. It's one of those things where you're following it for months and months. And, uh-huh. you know, sometimes I'll prospect out a year in advance. Like I already know – who the impending free agents are for next year. And so you start looking at, like, okay, which of these guys has been performing well? Which of these guys has a big name and everyone's going to be after? Which of the guys has a, a lesser name, like Coleccio Semele this yes. year? That's a guy that nobody really was paying a ton of attention to because he's an interior the offensive lineman. football heads, though, they know the football they, heads they knew, know him. Of yeah. course. So, you know, for me, I was looking at it like, okay, what's going to happen with him? He's, he's going to get a big deal, but how big? I don't think anybody would have guessed it would be $11.7 million per year for a guard big. I mean, that's yeah. $1.7 million over the benchmark that had been established earlier. So that was a big surprise. Uh, I mentioned the Osweiler thing, Travis Benjamin leaving um, Cleveland and heading to San Diego. There had been a situation there where I, 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 uh, I reported during the combine that talks had broken down mm-hmm. between the Browns and Travis Benjamin, and it was per his agent um, who attached his name to it. You know, talks have broken down. You can attribute it to me. Cool. Put it out. And then um, the Browns come back and say, you know, talks haven't broken down. So, of course, I'm asking behind the scenes, like, well, how did this happen? He said, well, I got a call after you reported that. And he said, will you come up to the hotel room to speak to us, to the suite at the combine? And he was like, cool. So I went up and he talked to the Browns for a little bit, but no contract numbers were yeah. exchanged. It was just kind of like a let's sit down and, and kind of wrap. And they said, you know, we'd really like to keep him in his agent's position was we've already had this discussion, bro. Like $5 million a year is not going to get it done, (laughs) which is what the Browns offered him $5 million a year. And Mm. the kid's like, look, I know I can get more on the market. So, I mean, if you want me to go test the market, I will. But if you want me to stay in Cleveland right now, we're at an impasse. So long story short, we know how that played out. Benjamin ended up getting 6.25 per in mm. San Diego. So you leave Cleveland, which has had, you know, some difficulty as of late. Lost a lot of free agents. Yeah. Uh, they lost, you know, the better part of their offensive line, which was a strong point for them. They lost all the good right? players. It lost, <laughs> lost a lot of good players. And yeah. dude Gip, ends up Gipson's in San Diego. Gone. Yep, Gipson's right. gone. And Whitner just got released. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, so, so anyway, I mean, things like that go down. But, you know, it's to, to, to take a step back, you're looking at, you know, 100 to 200 players, 50 of which really matter in our space, you know, in terms of people who track what insiders do. It's our job to get that news out first. Obviously, you got to make sure you're accurate. And then it could be broken down. For instance, I might break Travis Benjamin's going to the Chargers. Yeah. But I don't know the years or the numbers, or I know them and I can't report them for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, and other times, I'll say Travis Benjamin is going to the Chargers for 6.25 per year on a four-year deal. Bam, I got everything. So anybody who's reporting it after you follows you. So H- how do you how do you make sure? And again, I'm, I'm trying to keep it yeah. 100 with you, man. How do you make sure that an agent or a team isn't using you? Yeah, uh, see what I'm saying. Like, 100%. how do you how do you how do you f- go through the weeds of that, man? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so this is about as real as as I can be with yeah. this. Is everybody's using you always at all times, mm. right? I mean, it's it's all it's all about um, deposits and withdrawals in life. Yeah. I mean, this isn't just my business. This is any interaction, whether it be you know my wife and I. You know, yeah. if I take too many withdrawals and don't put in enough deposits, mm. she's gonna go upside my head. I gotta use right? Ooh, okay. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta. Hey, use that. Hey, message. <laughs> message. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, it's the same thing. Look, what, you know, uh, here's here's the answer. The, the short answer is uh, the reason I know that the folks that I deal with are not using me in a way that I'm uncomfortable with yeah. is because I've known them for so long. We've established a long history of trust. If they and I have been dealing with each other for five years, let's say, 
and never not one time uh, through a number of interactions under a number of circumstances have they ever misled me, then that's an individual, depending on where they're positioned, that I may take the information they give me at face value without needing to go find a second and third yeah. source. Other people have proved themselves to be kind of, you know, not as not as solid. So yeah. six times out of 10, they're right. Four times out of 10, they're wrong. So with those people, I'll never single source their information ever. I just, I got to go find a second and a third source. Yeah. But that's all it is, man. It's just, again, like when you, when you take steps back and you say, okay, what is the job of an insider? My job, very simply stated, is to build and maintain relationships that are stronger than the next man's so that the information that comes to me is something I can give to the people first and accurately on a consistent basis. I, so, Rand, I, I got to ask, you know, right now, what's the hottest name? And I think we can all assume, but what's the hottest name in free agency or free agency movement possibility? And what do you know about it for next year? Yeah, for right now. I mean, oh, for right now. Is it, is, it, is it cap and the trade talks? I mean, what's the hottest topic right now? Yeah, so it's got to be Kaepernick. And, and obviously, he's like a little bit different because he's not a free agent. But, yeah. uh, but you know, uh, during the combine, I reported that uh, he and his representatives were uh, – they had requested from the team permission to seek a trade, right? It's very careful. They had requested permission from the team to seek a trade, right? So it's like – very careful. People don't really yeah, break right. down the words, but those matter. So the reason that happened is a long story, but essentially trust is broken down between Kaepernick and that front office, members of that right. front office. There are people in that front office who I've spoken to who are, who are high on the kid, who like him as a person, who obviously believe in his uh, – we got, we got some people hey, in the background. Yeah, say what hey, up, say wife, what <laughs> Hey, wife. She's <laughs> <laughs> not coming back. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Kaepernick situation is, is really interesting uh, just because, you know, Chip Kelly coming in, you look at it, you say, well, every quarterback that Chip Kelly has had with that kind of a skill set has been very successful under him. I mean, you go back to his Oregon days, Jeremiah Masoli, yep. uh, Dennis Dixon, uh, obviously uh, Marcus Mariota. I mean, you could go on and on. The one quarterback that he had that really struggled in that system was Brady Leaf, who was Ryan Leaf's yes. younger brother, and he just didn't have the same mobility. And so, you know, Chip had some, some difficulties with him. When you look at, you know, what Chip wants, uh, he may say, well, any quarterback fits my system, but he has to say that. You know, to say that he's not frustrated, that he's not going to have Colin Kaepernick, the ability to cultivate that talent uh, under his tutelage. Uh, we don't know that yet. He may have. Yeah, he, he might. But here's the, here's the deal. I think the deal ultimately gets done. And, and, there, and there's a, a strong reason why. Kaepernick is, has put his foot down, and this is a guy, if you understand his background, uh, he grew up in foster care, and he ended mm -hmm. up getting adopted, right? Or he yeah. was adopted, rather, not foster care. But, like, being adopted myself, like, and having been in foster care, like, you have certain identity issues that are, you know, complicated. And, and, uh, and this, you want to be involved with people who want you. You yeah, know, right? right. And throughout the course of the last year, especially, a lot of those negative leaks that were coming out about Colin Kaepernick, he believed – rightly wrongly or otherwise that they might have been coming from the organization and so when right. trust breaks down like that he's at a point now where it's it's a principled approach well, like, who else would they be coming from right yeah i mean i that, mean let's just use common sense question, here right? bro oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but Rand, Rand, you know before you go further i, I kind of want to dive into what you were just talking yeah. about you were adopted and we yeah. all know that cap was adopted as well yep. um and you made a point you said as a quarterback a guy who was the face of a franchise yeah even though he's a grown man with money there's a part of him that still wants to be wanted. Oh, yeah. And that, that could be something that goes all the way back to his childhood. You don't ever want to, you know, walk into a, a house where the people inside 
aren't necessarily high on having you there. So kind of, kind of expand on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Look you know, human nature, we all want to be wanted, right? I mean, nobody wants to be somewhere where they're not welcome. Um, Except in the VIP area, yeah. <laughs> I'll hang out and feel a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, look. You know, some of these things are, are so uh, deeply embedded in your being that you can't perform the way that you know you're capable of performing because the environment's so toxic. Yeah. And you know, I know from speaking to a multitude of sources about Colin Kaepernick's situation that there were just a number of issues with that front office where he does not feel comfortable anymore. He doesn't feel as if he can trust them to be good stewards of his career moving forward. And, you know, when when you've reached that point, I'm not going to say it's a point of no return, but it's very difficult to return. I'll I'll double down. That is a point of no return. I mean, the coach that I had the most success out of uh, under, you let walk out of the building. Right. And most of the guys in that locker room that I've talked to personally, you know, I used to play there, that I've talked to personally, couldn't understand why Harbaugh's not their coach. Right. They felt betrayed from the front office. You yeah, know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, um, right. You let the offensive coordinator and Greg Roman along with Jim, you let them leave, and those are my best years. Yeah. Okay? No, I'm not going to give you take a pay cut to facilitate anything that's going to help you out. We were talking a little bit uh, um, off, you know, off camera before the podcast, and we were talking Denver. And, yep. Um, you know, they kind of, you know, they're in a place where they don't have a quarterback. Really, I mean, Mark Sanchez, but let's just be honest, they don't have a quarterback right, right now. Um, I think the little bit opposite. I think, like you said, this Kaepernick deal is going to happen whether, whether, they, whether the 49ers want it to happen or not because he's going to get his money. He's going to get his $12 million. Okay, that's guaranteed. Yeah. That's guaranteed. Yeah. And to me, and I said it yesterday on Total Access, right now, him sitting in that locker room, him being in those classrooms, him being in that weight room alongside guys that they have aspirations of winning a championship with this organization, and this is supposed to be your quarterback yeah. who, oh, by the way, just finished meeting with uh, John Elway and Gary time. Kubiak yeah. for the yeah. second time, yeah. who I've probably right. met with them more than I've met with uh, my own head coach. Right. Come mm. on, man. Yeah. All the If it looks like a duck, Walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, yeah. man. It's a damn duck. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. He's up out of there, man. So here's Let's the one be thing. honest. So here's one thing. I, I, I agree with you 100% on, you know, the perception of it. I will say this. I will say this, though. I know, I know in speaking with folks on the organization side, you know, there, there came a point at which they were like, look, we're not giving this kid away for a ham sandwich, period. Like, none of us are saying that he does not have value. He has value. But from their perspective, you know, maybe he could have done some things differently in the locker room, you know, in terms of him. Not being but so. I'm telling, I'm asking you, how is that going to change? So they're giving him the 12 million, yeah. and then they're saying, okay, forget all the stuff that we did to you, okay? okay Go okay. lead this team and be a franchise quarterback. Right. If I'm Colin Kaepernick, what's my motivation to do it? I'm going to get this money regardless. I'll tell you the one thing that that may have been able to change things, and maybe still could, but I, each day that goes by, you kind of lose hope. If Jed York, the owner of the 49ers, went to Colin Kaepernick as a man one on one. And said, look, I know these things have occurred behind the scenes. And again, you know, I'm privy to a lot of information that I I can't really discuss. But, like, these things have occurred. We know that there's a a rift in terms of trust here. I am going to fix that. As the owner of this team I'm making, I'm giving you my word that this is going to change. These things are going to change. How can you trust that, Ram, when – Mm-hmm. The, the majority of the things that have happened, yeah. the wins, the wins, all the, all that winning, they were doing it with Scott McLuhan's guys, a lot of Scott McLuhan's yep. guys now. And you still have a general manager, Trent Balky, who from all the reports that are out there um, 
Collin took a lesser deal because he thought that a lot of he was going to be able to keep a lot of that core together. Yeah. And then you right, let right, most right. of them walk out of the door. Yeah. So whether the owner's saying it or not, you can say it to my face, bro. But as long as this guy's general manager's employed, how can I believe you? Right. So there. So so and then and then obviously you guys are aware, having played the game. There's a lot of other people in the front office yeah. as well, right? That you end up interacting with. So bottom line is, you know, if you look at if you say let's let's just say spitballing, there's five people out there, right? Yeah. And three of them you don't trust and two of them you do, then you got to figure out in the hierarchy of power and authority if the top dude is saying, and he's one of these people that maybe you could trust or whatever, you say, hey, he's saying he's going to do this, this, and this. My point to you is it's the only thing that may have changed yeah. things. Not to say that it will. Yeah. But, you know, that's what happens, man. I mean, ultimately it comes down to it. you got a bunch of men, a bunch of alphas, and things go down, some good and some not so good. And then you have to determine, like, can we continue moving forward and working together, you know, productively and doing where, so. And where, a lot does times Ke- where does Chip Kelly fit into this? I mean, does he – I know he's, like, sitting like, I don't even have a word on anything. Yeah. You know, like – you know what I mean? What what, do you, what is he fit in this whole equation? Yeah, so at this point, you know, he's the new guy to the table, right? So if you guys remember around the combine, um, <laughs> right before I reported that he had requested yeah. permission to seek a trade, you know, it was all sunshine and rainbows. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, Colin wants to come back. He wants yeah. to be here. And I'm sitting there, like, with the emoji face. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know it's really going down. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's true. So, so, so you know, <laughs> you just bite your tongue and you wait until the news is reportable. You know, and, and in my position, you, you learn a lot behind the scenes. It's very fascinating. You wish you could share it with people so that they understood Especially from, look, you know, I'm unabashedly pro player. Like, I care more about players than I do about organizations. All right? And it's not to say I don't care about organizations. I do because those organizations uh, are the ones that compensate the players. But I also understand, and Nate and I have talked about this, and you and I have talked about it offline, like what you guys go through, the sacrifices you make, the places you've come from in order to get to this point. And so, you know, for me, if a team overplays for a player by a million dollars, he overpays for a player by a million dollars a year. They're going to be all right. Stan Kroenke yeah. is going to be all right. Yeah. Like, that's not going to hurt his, you know, it's not going to change his life. Right, right. But for a player, it could really mean everything and their families and, and their ability to change the trajectory of their family's history. So when I look at it from a, from a pro player perspective, a lot of times I wish I could fill people in more on the, hey, here are all the things you don't know, fans, who think these are just overpaid, you know, jocks. And yeah. you look at I wish you understood the struggles these guys go through, the things that they've had occur to them. I mean, look at one example with Kaepernick, okay? Trying to keep myself out of trouble here. His shoulder injury. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so he injures his shoulder, and um, you guys have been through this. You know, Team Doc looks at you says, you know, I yep. think this is going on. And then at some point, um, if you feel like that diagnosis is not necessarily correct. Better have a second opinion. Right. So guy. you go get that second yeah. opinion, and the second opinion's <laughs> like, bro, this is completely different from what, you know, you thought. Like, and – and so you have to start asking questions as a player, like, so did they mislead me or like, how did this occur? Right, how did right. I get this information? Right. right. And, you know, with his shoulder, he ended up going out to Aspen yep. to get worked on. Right. And, and ended up just going to work with his own people. Well, there's a reason for that. And he has not disclosed publicly what that reason is just yet. Yeah. But again, so let's assume that he felt he was in a better situation in terms of getting healthy to go out to Aspen and deal with his own people. Well, that would indicate to me just being a common sense kind of guy that maybe he didn't have as much trust in the organization's folks as he did in those folks out in Aspen. So that alone is one example of the rift that has, you know, been 
widened between the team and, and Kaepernick. So at this point, and we talked about it, yeah. he 11.9 million. That's his. He's got it. So if he just sits in San Francisco, like I want all my chips, give me my game checks, I want my money. He's going to get that, right? As long as he yeah. comes out and he competes, you know, does what he needs to do in, in order to get those checks. Denver, on the other hand, does not have a quarterback. They want him to reduce his number, but he's like, for what? I mean, you and the 49ers can figure that out. If they want to give you some money for, right, you know, right, to right. make up the yeah. difference, that's fine. But I'm not taking any less. That, that makes no sense. And when you look at where he stands, he's like, bro, I was in the Super Bowl. Like, we almost right, won that right, game. Man, how, how can an organization tell their fan base that they're truly – trying to win this year and you allow this quarterback to meet with the entire with with the other team's brass twice okay and i've heard about the injury thing and why he went to aspen and all that yep that actually happened yep okay how can this man sit in a huddle and look at each player and each player see hope to win a championship in his eyes when he doesn't have trust that the organization has his best interest at hand. Yeah. I just don't I, – I, to me, I think they're at a point of no return. And to me, if I'm Denver, I'm just going to wait it out. Yeah. Because if they wait it out, the 49ers may end up being on the hook for his – for his $12 million salary. Well, they are, right? Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. And they still right, may right, have right. to cut him yeah. just because it's a bad seed in the locker room. Like, you you, you got to think, like, pass some stuff. Just be, We're not – and I, it's part of Chip Kelly and all that. We're not machines, right? right? Like, the dude got feelings and stuff, yeah. man. Like, right, right, right. he going to yeah. come to work feeling a certain type of way, Nate. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, I, I feel you, Mike. I, I, just like you said, man, if it looks like a Bronco, <laughs> <laughs> talks like a Bronco, then he's the buck out of there. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, but no, Mike, I, I, I honestly feel like you got to look at it two ways. You got San Francisco, who they got their back against the wall because right. trying to figure out what they're doing at the QB position. And then you got Denver, they got their back against the wall also. Rand, you said it, they don't have a quarterback. But at the same time, they're asking Cap to lower his number. So they have to look in the mirror and say, listen, the going rate for starting quarterback is higher than what Cap is getting paid. Right. So what we do at this point, do we just make this trade happen, cover the 12, and move forward? If they don't end up shooting themselves in the foot because they want Cap to take a lower number and he stays in Frisco, then I honestly believe the Broncos are taking a year off because they got the Super Bowl hangover. You're afforded one to two years, and nobody's really concerned about them winning. They're good. But if they do get capped and they can't cultivate that talent underneath that system that Brock Osweiler had some success at, yeah. they're special, man. They'll be really special. Yeah, I mean, that defense is ridiculous, right? And even yeah. losing a few pieces, they still got a lot there. But this is this segues into another interesting contract conversation, okay? So, one, you still got Fitzpatrick out there on the market, right? The yeah. Jets lowballed him, so he's yeah. sitting around. I think Fitzpatrick is mobile enough to play yeah. in that rollout offense, right? And he'd be, yeah. have the ability to run Kubiak's offense. Would they pay him 14 or $15 million? They don't even that's have the cap space. That's the question, that's right? The they don't even have the cap space for right, it, though. Right, so that's the question. So <laughs> so here, here's here's the thing. Okay, who do they have to pay? They got to pay Von Miller, yeah. right? And they got to pay him a lot, a mm. lot, a lot. If Malik Jackson and Vernon Olivier, what did Vern, Vernon Olivier get? Like oh, ridiculous. 18 per yeah. or something like that? So then, Von will get 20. Yeah. yeah Von will get 20. Or, 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 you know, if, if you really look at it, because here's the way that, you know, the agent's going to look at it. Well, wait a second. If Vernon Olivier is worth this, let's break down statistics over the past four or five years. Right. Where's he right. at? I think he's worth, right. you know, 50% more. 
than that guy. Now right. that number may sound right. unrealistic, thirty-six million a year, but, but it statistically, is it, is. it is what right. it is, right? MVP won that won that championship game for him, right? All these that things. price is way too high. You need to cut it. Thirty-six million. Now I'm not putting that number out there. Don't do What I'm saying to you is, what I'm saying to you is, if you look at it from a statistical perspective, yeah. Okay, here's what it, it breaks down. To you say, okay, well that's not realistic, but how much more valuable is he? Thirty percent. Well, what's the thirty percent number? Now you're looking, yeah. you know, somewhere in the 24, 25 range, right? And that's right. that's that's real. You can make a justifiable that's argument nice. for that. And, and what hey, the man, team is saying, men and women lie. Numbers don't, Rand. You're right. Yeah, hey, keep 100%. preaching. And tell these people. <laughs> they thinking in the front office. Well, this Sex, is what's really right. interesting, man. So, so what the teams will say, you know, behind the scenes, they'll be like, look, um, we don't believe uh, initially, we don't believe that Sue deal is a fair deal Effective, as yeah. a benchmark. You know what? We thought that was a bad deal done by you know folks who just overpaid for him. Okay, but it's a real deal. Like here, here's the contract. Happened. It's yeah. a real deal, and we want our money. So that's the battle, right? Well, now you got the Vernon Olivier deal. So it's like, listen, now we got two deals. So you're saying both of them don't are void. They don't they don't exist in life. They do. Those players are really getting that money. And I'm not going to do a deal where Vaughn gets paid this. But the problem is the franchise tag is somewhere at like 14 million yeah. right now, right? Yeah. So he can go out there and allow them to rent him for a year after everything he's done for the organization. Uh, and granted, they stuck by him too through some trying times. But point being, at the end of the day, it's business, right? There's another uh, option, though. And not to say that this is happening at all, but it is a possibility, something you got to at least consider. What if he just sits out? What if they can't get past this, this franchise tag, you know, impasse, and he just says, you know what, I'm not going to report until week 10? Mm. Good luck. Mm. They could so tank if they want to. mutiny would happen. Huh? I mean, you see, right? But they tagged him with the idea being, hey, we got to keep – either Brock Osweiler and or Malik Jackson, and they lost them both. Yeah. So how do you think Vaughn is sitting there right now? He has all the leverage. Well, it's not only that, but, like, like how do you think he feels? You guys can speak to this way better than me as a player, knowing that they're trying to rent him for $14 million for one year when Malik Jackson right. got what he got and right. Olivier Vernon got what he got. But can't they lower Vernon his cap, can't they learn, lower his cap charge by just – Signing him to that multi-year deal, giving him a bunch of uh, sign, a bunch of money and a sign of money up front. You know what I mean? And yeah. eliminate that, and then have cap space to sign him a, a fine Fitzpatrick or a Colin Kaepernick if you want to make up that four and a half million dollars. Yeah, I mean teams can always figure out a way to get get yeah. money to the players, right? So I mean, at this point, it's they. And, and all teams do this. They think about precedent, not only for themselves, but around the league. Some teams just don't care. I mean, the Raiders were like, yo, we're paying Coletio Semele 11.7, period. We don't care if you like They had a lot of money, though. They had a lot of money. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. cats are like, yo, that's $1.7 million yeah. more than any other guard has ever gotten paid. And a lot of times, you know, the in terms of the teams, uh, just the philosophy, the way that they've been brought up is, hey, let's try and minimize the increases in those benchmarks, you know, to the greatest extent possible, just – as a team, as a team philosophy, not to say that they're working together in any sense. That's collusion. Yeah, not to say that. Don't tell me that. Yeah, I mean, this is common (laughs) sense, right? It's not to say that they're working together. It is to say that when you're brought up in a culture where it's like, you know, we don't want to pay our our talent any more than we – have to pay them. We don't want to overpay for talent. Then that's what happens. You just and you have a philosophical difference. Like I don't want to pay thirty percent more than this guy because the highest in the market was, you know, uh, Sue at twenty per over three, right? So he has a sixty guaranteed number. We only want to pay sixty two, sixty three guaranteed. How do how do teams pay these guys? Like how can a team take on multiple quarterback salaries? Yeah, you wanna, when you look at it. 
Because that's what it's turning into. Yeah, so, I mean, as you mentioned, you can put a bunch of money up front, and the idea is to spread out the cap hit so that you don't run into problems down the road, right? So maybe you have the money today, but you won't have the money tomorrow. Yeah. Or maybe you don't have the money now, but you're going to have the money tomorrow, right? So whatever it is, uh, each team is trying to figure out based on their own philosophy, and there are 32 different teams, right? Yep. So 32 different philosophies, and their own uh, ideas on which talent is more valuable. Some teams really value a top-tier quarterback. All teams would love to have one, but other teams are like, hey, the Broncos. We can bring Colin Kaepernick in. As long as he's a solid game manager and does not lose the game for us, our defense is going to win most of our games. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we just proved you can win a Super Bowl like that. Right, and other teams have done this too. So I I think with the Broncos right now, to your point earlier, when you take a step back, I think really the showdown, even though it's being framed differently, I think it's between the Broncos and the 49ers because everyone wants to say what's in Cap's hands. Sort of, except he's going to get that 11.9 no matter what. Yeah. So, I mean, really, <laughs> right. you know, if you're thinking about it, if dude is like a competitor and he wants to play, how much less is he willing to take to go to Denver? Two million? One million? Four million? I mean, who knows what that number is? Right now he's saying zero. I, w- I want all 11.9. I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take anything less. Brock Osweiler got 18 right. yeah. per, and you want me to take seven? Like, I've been to a Super Bowl. I was in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't right. even understand. And, and yeah. Brock Osweiler is, you talk to people around him, like a lot of people think he's very special. He went five and two at the helm. And you got to remember, this dude was sitting on the bench for three years. So he only had a very small sample size. If you put him up against Brady or, or any number of very successful quarterbacks in a seven-game sample size, yeah. there's a lot to be encouraged about. So it's not to say that Brock is not worth what he's getting paid out there. It is to say that Colin Kaepernick is looking at it like, wait a second, I'm already making six less. I'm not taking any less. Like, you got to pay me that. Right. So, okay, so then right, the Broncos right. have a choice. You need a quarterback. You're either going to pay him what he says he needs to be paid in order to come over, or you won't. And if you don't, like you said, yeah. maybe their players, including Von Miller, are sitting there like, wait a second, this isn't what we signed up for. No. This is not what you told me <laughs> exactly. you know, was going to happen. So it's just interesting, man. And, and uh, human beings, we all got feelings. And uh, you know, pretty soon we could be talking about Von's situation if he doesn't get paid what he deserves on the market, what he feels he deserves. It's going to be very fascinating to see how Thank he handles that. It's going to be very fascinating to see how he, how he handles it. I can, I can tell you this. Um, you know, I, I spent some time with him recently. I didn't, we didn't talk contract at all. Uh, we, we just, we were doing a GQ shoot and we kind of just spent some time rapping about life and whatnot. Yeah. He's carefree, man. That's, that's a, a dude that's enjoying life. People. You know what I mean? Like he's really enjoying life. But in speaking to folks, um, you know, who are close to him, like it's clear he's, he's a little bit upset at, you know, all of us, again, going back to the, you want to feel wanted, like he's a little bit upset, man. It'd be nice if he could get that deal that, that he feels like he earned. And, uh, and when you talk to, you know, most people with two working eyes out there who watched him play, they feel he earned too. So we'll see. I, I would not be shocked if he missed some games, if they, if they don't figure it out. That's, that's what's up, man. Hey, TD, man, let's get it. Let's get another beat right here, man. Let's, let's go on to the next subject. Oh, Much of a beat drop right there. You gonna, you gonna rap? Nah, I got no freestyle. You got no freestyle. You know, Dan gotta came under, on and freestyle. Like, you gotta man. understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, fam. <laughs> 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 There's that beat drop right here, my club. <laughs> What'd you say? There's that beat drop right here. There it is. Uh. That's dope. That's dope. Hey, hey, Nate. What's up, so bro? look, man. Uh, 
Give us some of your give us give us some wait, of your NFL hold draft up, wait, prospects, man. Wait, what is what that? You, is that honey you're drinking? And it's called Burleson's. Oh! <laughs> oh no. That boy has got his own honey. I'm going to get involved, though. Trust me. Burleson. I like that. Burleson's honey. Are you kidding me? Oh, first of all, Nate, talk to us why you really, why you have on the Orlando Magic stuff, man. Well, you know, I'm a big NBA fan, and uh, the headliners for the Hall of Fame this year in the NBA are Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson, Yao Ming. So I have to represent with the old jersey. Hey, and I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that, dog. Shaq I'm feeling that, dog. (laughs) But you know what? And I know I'm going a little off script here, man. But to see, you understand, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Yep. Um, right. I watched Allen Iverson. Right. Uh, he was set the bar for football. People don't realize that he yeah. set the bar for football down there. Yeah. Say he was the Mike Vick before Mike. He Vick. was Mike Vick before Mike Vick was yeah. Mike Vick. I mean, he, he, you know, him and Aaron Brooks was doing their thing down there, at quarterback. Um, All right, hey, hey Mike. So yo, uh, before I didn't mean to cut you off, but yes, you did mean uh, to cut me off. <laughs> yes, I you did. <laughs> UVA all day, like that's that's what you do. So me. I've been an Iverson fan from afar. So when I first got in the league, you know, I was just a huge Iverson. I bought the shoes, the jerseys, all yeah. that. Then I got invited by a third person to his event in uh, Virginia or yep. D.C. So uh, I went out there, and we had a flag football game. And Iverson's out there, nice with it at quarterback, right, dropping dimes, <laughs> he's the ball, doing this thing. And me, I'm still trying to play cool because I'm like two years in the league, but I, I'm a super fan and I'm starstruck. But on the outside, I'm playing it cool. So when I see him, I'm like, yo, what's up? I appreciate you inviting me out here. He's like, oh, man, Nate, I know who you are, bro. Like, don't worry about it. I appreciate you coming. So right then, I feel like a little girl. I was you like, made oh, it. You made it, huh? we made it. Right, So then we, we, we played in the game. And then that night we went to uh, Club, was it Club Love? Love, yeah, it's not love anymore, but it's club, called Club Love. So we went out there. So I, I'm still just like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm going to Club with Iverson. But it's the whole crew, like his whole squad. And you then have all like the, 30 guys with him, man. Right, yeah. and all the people that was in the game. So I just got out like the last vehicle. I'm in the back, just happy to be there. I'm cruising. So we get to the back door. Iverson's up front. And he's like, hold up, hold up. And I'm like, oh, snaps, what's happening? What's going on? Somebody beefing? He's like... Man, where's Nate at? And I'm like, what? And he, he looks back like, I'm like, I'm, I'm right here. He's like, man, come up here, bro. Don't be in the back. So, again, on the outside, I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. I'll be right there. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. He got me. <laughs> so, look, he came up. He put his arm around me. He's like, you good, bro? You good? I'm like, man, I'm good. We walk in together, and I was like, man, it's my life ended tomorrow. AI to answer just walked me into the baddest club in D.C. Man, we had a ball. We chilled. We drank. It was like one of the most unbelievable moments. And like I said, I don't get starstruck often. But, man, Iverson and everybody around him call him Bubba. Man, one Bubba of the Chuck. Come on, man. dudes I ever met. Yeah. Man, I love it. Man, yeah. let me let me tell you, man. Again, again, you cut me off, but it's all good. I still love you, <laughs> Nate. Uh, and you did mean to cut me off. But anyway, uh, yeah, being from VA, man, song really do his thing, man. But – Aside from all that, and I, and I could and I could go on with Nate. I can uh, echo all of that. I've been right. out with him and all of that. How he took the hip hop culture, yeah, to mainstream, yeah, it, it was unbelievable. It made tattoos. I, I got tattoos because I saw Allen Iverson have tattoos, yeah, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to have them because he had them. Um, 
he didn't go with Nike. He went with Reebok. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was just – he just defied all logic, all laws. He was shorter. He, he was dunking on people. He was doing it, winning, scoring titles. Yeah. Um, to me, he just embodied the struggle. He embodied where we come from. He right. embodied, you know what I mean, overcoming every obstacle. Yeah. And then, to you know, I was I was in the mix knowing that he was going through, you know, the bar fights and all of that type of stuff, man. And just knowing street people that knew it went down and knowing all the stuff he had to overcome, man, it's so great to see him going into the Hall of Fame, dude. Like, big ups to AI. So, you you gave a shout-out to Shaq, man. I had to give a shout-out to AI. Um That's facts. Uh, facts, uh, much respect, man. But uh, moving on. NFL draft, Nate. I'm going to ask both of y'all. NFL yep. draft, man. Give me some of your favorite prospects before I give you mine. And I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott. Um uh, and I'll go into it later, but I tell you why. You 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 right out the gate. Now nah, now nah, you go first. You you, you want me to go first, Nate? You want yeah. me to go first, Nate? Okay, right okay, okay, okay. I got it. Uh, look, dude. I don't I, I don't always think he's the fastest. Right. Um. Right. I like what he does without the football, mm. and it may be a two or three yard catch mm-hmm. check down, but he was available for his quarterback. Nobody else was open. Right. And he found a a, a lane to win. There's an art and a craft to running a check down route, man, and getting available for your quarterback. I like what he, I like what he does when he have to scan the protection. He's one of the only backs in, in college football from what I can see on film who literally takes everybody else that the offensive line doesn't get. He's scanning everybody. Yeah. He's protecting his quarterback. And he hits them square in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you notice he can carry the ball 35, 40 times. He can actually be a number one back. You don't you don't see it that much anymore. Right. You don't see guys that are the, right. the alpha dogs at back. He did it. He did it in a running conference in the Big Ten yep. conference. Um, I like Ezekiel. And then when I, I saw him at the combine and I talked to uh, um, MJD Maurice Jones Jones Drew, and he said, "Man, Mike, he had a different bounce mm-hmm. in his step. Mm. He had a different swagger. Yeah. That's all I needed to hear, man. Yeah. I like Ezekiel Elliott, man, and I think he's gonna go a little higher than what people." initially thought man i think he may crack the top 10 yeah yeah I, I, i'm looking forward to a lot of good things out of treadwell out of old miss you know I, I feel like you know he, he might need some months of development and getting you know in complete shape you know getting his knee right and, and uh, getting back to rare form but the guy that stands out to me is Corey coleman uh out of, out of baylor okay you know, I, I feel like he's, he's a productive individual um you know he's a route runner and, you know, you look at, you know, guys like Amari Cooper last year, when, you, when you're out of college and you're described as a route runner, n- not only does that mean you'll last a long time, but it, it also means, more importantly. What does that mean, though, Nate? What does what 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 being a route runner mean? What well, does that well, mean? Some guys are one-dimensional. Um, you know, some guys come out and, you know, they're strictly go guys or, or right. they're slot receivers. Um, when I came out in 03, they, they said he's not extremely fast. He's not going to wow you across the board and everything. But what he will do is he will be really good at every single aspect of being a wide receiver, which means I could run every route in the book. I could go outside and inside. So when I look at a guy like Corey Coleman, I, I see that he has production in both ways. Right. Um, so, so that means you can come in right now and have an immediate impact. The thing about wide receivers is no matter how good you were, I don't care in the college passing league, you can go up there and put up a hundred and. 40 catches. I put up 138. I still came in as a sub and I had yeah. to beat a wide receiver. So that's going to be the test of most guys. I mean, if you come out and you're productive in college, you got to go into a system where a coach is going to say, hey, 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 young fella, I know you did your thing in college, but what you need to do now is learn X, Z, and F. Yeah. And I need you to be ready to sub in for our horses that are already here. And if you can 
over exceed expectations and outwork somebody that's already in the lineup, then you can earn your spot. So when I look at a guy like Corey Coleman out of Baylor, for me, that stands out. And on top of that, like Baylor has rich history with putting out some really yes, right. Wide- yes, they do. Right. Um, when you go to a school similar to basketball and you go to the Kentuckys and North Carolinas, you're coming in knowing I have a chance to go to the next level. And when I go to the next level, I'm going to be prepared sooner than later. I'm not going to be, you know, a guy down the line senior year still wondering if I can be productive. No, you sign a Baylor's receiver knowing I'm going to learn how to be a pro wide receiver. And if I get a chance, I'm going to prove myself. 100%. That's what's up, right? You got somebody you looking so at? So I like all three players you guys mentioned. Yeah. The guy that I'm paying the most attention to, and it's easy to be a front runner with a kid this talented, but Jalen Ramsey, man, out of Florida State. <laughs> He's so yeah. rare, bro. And if you, yeah. I, I figured this out the other day. So I was talking through it with some folks. And uh, I've spent time with Corey Coleman. I've spent time with Jalen Ramsey. There's something different about them. Like you said, Ezekiel, how MJD yeah. said he had a different bounce in his step. Something different about these guys. And for for uh, Jalen Ramsey, when you stand next to him, bro, he looks so much bigger than 6'2", yeah. 209 or whatever they say. That, bro, he looks, he's yeah. a big dude and, a, you know, really wide, yeah. big guy. Um but what's most important about him or what's most impressive about him to me is his positional versatility. He played yeah. that star nickel one year. He played safety, free safety one year when they had injuries. He started at corner. He's the first true freshman to start at corner for FSU yeah. since one Oh, Deion Sanders in 1985, uh-huh. right? So that's rarefied air already. And then he went out to the boundary corner in his last year and dominated there and won All-American uh, based on publications and then the yeah. AP stuff three years in a row at three different positions. Uh. So mm-hmm. teams are looking at that guy like, yo, you can deploy him anywhere in the secondary virtually and he can play. Uh, and, the, and the important thing about that is uh, Peter King and Money Morning Quarterback just pointed this out. Uh, last year they had on nearly 60% of the plays – uh, they were playing nickel. So it, it, more than ever before, you're seeing five defensive back backfields now, and this is a guy that can play any of those positions. So I think he's going to be very impressive in the league, man. And people looked at him and said, well, he's a safety because of how big he is. He's Watch that dude play, man. He can play boundary corner. I don't know. Now, yeah. that's what I want to see, right? Yeah. Can you match him one-on-one with a Des Bryant? And, and he right. goes out there and locks that dude down? Play him, yeah. He thinks he can. So yeah. that's important. Yeah. He has <laughs> that, yeah. And another guy that you got to keep your eye on, you talk about versatility, is uh, Cravens from USC. Yes, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you look at an individual who, you know, played safety in high school and then got moved into the box, you know, played some safety in college, you know, had a little bit of trouble, you know, kind of moving in range in space. But, uh, you know, what comes to mind when you look at guys that are versatile like that at the collegiate level is nowadays Buchanan at Arizona with the Cardinals yes. who you know is an extremely talented undersized guy who was in the box and you guys know just like I know it's a copycat league yep. so if Arizona Cardinals have success with an individual like this you better believe that the next draft is going to be uh, full of uh, cornerbacks and safeties and inside the box individuals that teams are saying Hey, I'm not drafting him as a one position guy. I'm drafting him as a hybrid right. that can give these offenses fit. So um obviously time will tell if he can fit into that kind of box. But I mean that 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 guy is he's special. So we'll see what happens when draft comes around. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Hey, and before we get out of here, T D, we got a new segment. Um, what you got for us today? All right, guys, here's a new segment. It's called Or Nah. All right, oh, this is no. how we're going to set it or up, no. right? So I'm going to reveal a story around sports or entertainment each week before we wrap. And you guys right. discuss if you're on board with this story or nah. All right? So Commissioner Goodell tweeted for the first time uh, in like three or four years today. Did not use the Jordan crying meme. Disappointed. <laughs> but uh, he did say yeah, the playoffs are still likely to expand. So I ask you guys, should the playoffs, which is currently 12 teams, expand or nah? 
Oh, I'm going to say or no. Nah. I'm just going to be honest. You talk about player safety, Nate. You know, you talk about um, you, you're looking out for our, our health and head injuries and things like that. And then on top of that, most of us take a pay cut to go to the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting paid almost 80, 90% less than what you're getting paid during the regular season. I don't know if the benefits outweigh the negatives. Um, parts of it, so I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be for it. I, I agree, Mike. I feel like with the format it is right now, you have the elite teams in the league, and yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. As many times as I made the playoffs, versus as many times as I did it, even when I didn't, I had respect for the teams that made it because right. I had to look at myself in the mirror as a team and say, we just weren't good enough. Yeah. And, you know, you look at teams sometimes that squeak in, whether they're, you know, their particular division is terrible. Uh, sometimes I frown, I have a frown on my face where I'm thinking, we're, you know, seven and nine or, you hey, know, Shep, eight watch and your eight. Mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Mike, I, I, you, <laughs> I'm just you know saying, watch saying. your mouth. We want to play off game, dog. Mike, I, I know that. No disrespect. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, I, dog. You ain't Mike, that far I, away, bro. I, I squeaked in before, too. But oh, okay. for me, I want to see the elite. So if you expand this format, then yeah. you're really taking more teams like that and you're you're putting the luck of the draw. So now you're basically saying, all right, let's give these teams that didn't necessarily deserve to get in a chance to have that Cinderella story. Let's save the Cinderella stories for March Madness, not the NFL. Yeah. So so I don't disagree with anything you guys said, but I'm always a fan of more good football. And I think Nate's point is a great one. Like, well, what's to say it's going to be good football if you've got lesser yeah. teams, right? getting in but in some divisions we've seen it there are teams that should have been playoff teams that don't yeah. get in right so right. but you see teams like the Houston Texans last year who they, they I mean they got in the playoffs and they were using JJ Watt any possible way they could right 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 I really think that team was going to make it to the Super Bowl right I mean, let's just be honest yeah you know so the divisional mean? setup right it, it's going to create you know some patsies in the playoffs but yeah. again yeah. if there are really good teams that are not getting a shot right now under the current format and you can add you know That's a, a good an additional point. couple good points point, right? right so I'm yeah. interested in that but here's the bedrock though always uh, if you're adding games to the schedule uh, players should be compensated for that and, and handsomely. And, and that's that's it. Like, as long as players are compensated well, that's something I'm all for. You know, uh, last year, a hot topic during the uh, NFLPA executive director elections was the expansion of the uh, regular season. And players were like, nah, we don't want 18 games. When you really looked at the proposal, what the proposal was was, hey, we are going to get you players to free agency earlier than you otherwise right. would have, which means you get paid more earlier than you otherwise would have but all players here is not 18 games I don't want to touch that but then you think to yourself well you're just going to tack on an extra year now before you actually go out and get paid so if you can condense that time are you willing to endure two more weeks of physical punishment in a given year in order to get to free agency a year earlier all logic would dictate that that's a better deal for players but you guys got to go through so much during the yeah. season you just don't want to hear 18 that, games that's a whole nother show right yeah. there man. <laughs> I was, yeah, that's like you said Rand it's all about the money and, and yeah. like TD said speaking of Jordan it is all about the money though Ooh, so, why you put up that one dollar bill, man? Hey, you see, hey, look who's on it. I, man, <laughs> that boy got his own money. Hey, I, I am showing off for y'all. Anytime I do the podcast at home, I'm gonna have some treats, whether it's a jersey, a Jordan dollar bill, or whatever. That's I got that, some. I got something else. I got something else for Rand that I'm gonna end the uh-oh. show with. Right, go ahead, keep on, Mike. Is that no, it? Yeah, got- I mean, you already know I got a total access meeting waiting for me downstairs, right. dog. And the more you okay. keep talking, right. the more trouble I'm going to get into. You going to pay this fine? Hey, 
Well, well, listen, this is the last thing I got for Rand. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, obviously Calvin Johnson retired. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a sneaker guy, so I had to go dip in my closet. So I'm going to show y'all an exclusive sneaker every uh -oh. time. Oh. So here we go with the Calvin Johnson. Oh. Right? Ooh Turn it to the side. I like. Oh, ooh, they oh go Ducks. Hey. hey. Fired, <laughs> go right? Ducks. You know what I'm saying? With Damn. the Calvin Johnson. Oh, okay. They lace Oregon. Street. They lace Oregon crazy. They lace Oregon crazy. So these are exclusive Calvin Johnson, Oregon Duck. Those editions. are sweet. I appreciate hey, Rand, that, you, Nate. Hey, Rand, if, if your foot wasn't so small, I'll let you have these, but you like a size nine. I, I'm hurt, bro. <laughs> Ten and a half. Hey, Nate, appreciate thing. it, man. Hey, look, man, I'm still, I'm still waiting for my line blood outfit, dog, that you gave everybody else and you never gave your co-host. Hey, here. Nate, we'll see Stay you next here, week, Nate. dog. Hey, man, we out of here, bro. We out of here, Shout out to Burleson Honey. I missed you. This scratchy throat is brought to you by Burleson Honey. Hey, Burleson Honey. Oh, man, you got to. Subscribe to the show, iTunes, Stitcher. Write a review, man. This is a this is a movement, man. Let's get it. RB Podcast back next week. Hashtag R NFL R N B. We out of here.